are blessed. We hear this message in several ways, in the song, in the, in the prayers, and uh, I share this this way from Luke, Luke chapter 17. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men with skin diseases approached him. Keeping their distance from him, they raised their voices and said, Jesus, Master, show us mercy. When Jesus saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. As they left, they were cleansed. One of them, when he had saw that he had been healed, returned and praised God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus replied, weren't ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? No one returned to praise God except this foreigner. Then Jesus said to him, get up and go. Your faith has healed you. The word of God for the people of God. Won't you pray with me? God, we came to hear your word for us. And in the words spoken today and heard today, let your word come home in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Been thinking, how does one see what is invisible? I think that's the dilemma that we have when we try to understand the Word of God in the Old Testament and New Testament. We become accustomed to relying on our physical senses in our experience of the world that we may even doubt the reality of what we can't experience physically. In our search of the central chapters of Luke this fall for the values of the Christian church, this experience of Jesus with the ten men with skin diseases highlights gratitude. And yet, it is as much about faith. A friend asked me recently if I really believed in the resurrection or if I am only a good salesperson for what is fake or unknown. We often ask this question, don't we? I struggled to reply in words that he might trust, knowing Jesus had the same difficulty when answering Nicodemus that night, telling him he had to be born, not just of the flesh, but again of the spirit from above. In the gospel according to John chapter 3, Nicodemus, a Pharisee, seemed not to understand he couldn't see how someone could return to his mother's womb to be born again. Being born in the Spirit is one of those invisible yet consequential realities. 
though he had difficulty seeing at the time, John writes that this same Nicodemus was with Joseph of Arimathea when they buried Jesus' body after the crucifixion. It was written that Nicodemus brought 75 pounds of myrrh and aloe fit for a royal burial. Well, like him, we've been given the ability to know and trust what we can't see, even to be confident in our knowing and courageous in our living, even, even though we may not have the language for it. This is faith. So yes, I believe we can experience the reality of the resurrection in our lived experience. I believe the parables are stories about our lived experience. I believe the disciples knew the spiritual reality of which Jesus was teaching, even with their continual doubting and their misreading of the implications. I, I believe what the pastor says in the Christian wedding ceremony when presiding over the exchange of rings, the, the wedding ring is a, is a symbol. It's an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual bond, which unites two hearts in endless love. We need these symbols. Symbols in our lives to represent what is invisible. My shirt under this white robe is black because it symbols, symbolizes for me my, my decision to give my life and death to Jesus Christ and his church. Decisions themselves are invisible except in how they are lived out. This is true about my love for my wife and my love for this church. Symbols remind me and communicate to others the decisions I have made in the faith which guides my living. Love is a spiritual quality we can't see. I believe it comes from God. We can't see it, but we can know it. We can experience it. We can, we can see its implications. It, it often gets us through danger. You know, there are always ten, ten different items in the salad my wife makes. Consistently ten. Last night it was cabbage, onion, avocado, dates, raisins, nuts, apple, orange, green beans, and carrots. This morning, on our oatmeal, we had banana, apple, blueberries, orange, and grapes. And in the smoothie were kiwi, raspberries, beets, kale, grapes, yogurt, apple, and banana. Now, I can't see love, but I can see what we do when we love. Similarly, Faith can only be seen in what it inspires us to do. And yes, I love my wife differently than she loves me. But the love is the same. The actions are different.
Now let's look at the experience of Jesus and his followers as they were walking along the border of Samaria and Galilee. Ten men with skin diseases cried out, Jesus, show us mercy. According to the text, all, all ten were cleansed and, and instructed according to the law to go show themselves to the priests to be declared healing. Now, being healed allows them to enter the temple and mingle freely in society. And verse 15 says, one man, a Samaritan, sees that he is healed and returns to Jesus, praising God with a loud voice. And then he fell at, his, at Jesus' feet and thanked him. After pointing out that he was the alone and returning to praise God, God's, uh, Jesus says to him, go, get up and go. Your faith has healed you. Now, I presume all ten were, were happy that they were cleansed, that they received what they requested. You and I have been happy that our bodies are healed. We're happy when fortune befalls us or a gift is given us or an insight dawns upon us. How many of us praise God when this happens to us? Just last week in the verses immediately before this story, we heard Jesus say that those who are doing their duty shouldn't expect any special praise. Perhaps the other nine had heard of Jesus' reputation and experience, of good fortune that they were able to meet him, receive his healing. They naturally made them happy, though they may have thought he was just doing his duty. So let's look at the man who returned. As you know by now, when I want to look more deeply into the meaning of Scripture, I Sometimes look at the original language in which it is written, the Old Testament Hebrew or New Testament Greek. Well, the word in this passage that interested me is the word that we translate as healing. The root of the word in Greek is sozo. It's the only place that is translated in the English translation as healing. It's usually translated as saving. It's the root of the word for salvation and savior. It means one is being saved or rescued from danger or destruction and brought into divine safety. We can understand how healing rescues one from being banished. Jesus says this man's faith has healed him or saved him. Jesus sees something in this man that he didn't see in the others. This man saw in his healing divine power at work and returned to Jesus to praise God and give thanks to God and, and the one through whom God worked. I experienced something like that when my bicuspid aortic valve was replaced. The surgeon cut me open, replaced the part, glued me back together. And I'm grateful to Dr. Joyce for doing the work. But I realized in the following days that God had built into our bodies an incredible ability to heal to a degree before which I had not been aware. I followed the surgeon's directions and kept the wound cleaned, yes, but the essential healing was something I was not controlling. I thank the medical team and I praised God. How does one's faith 
heal or save them. I learned this week that there is as much or more information on the neural pathways traveling from the heart to the brain as there is from the brain to the heart that when we feel sad and stressed or panicked or satisfied, rested, fed, or in love, our, our brain's capacity to, re, to respond changes. It can change the ability to remember, think, create. This is new information for me, so I need to check with professionals to see if I learned this correctly. I know I'm a happier man when, when, my, when, I, when in my heart I love my neighbor and I trust Christ to be a partner. When, when I was depressed and called the occasion I was in at that time a death of sorts, I prayed for resurrection, trusting by faith it would be there. And it came immediately. A path was opened. A, a future was, was laid forward. The, the sadness turned to joy. And I was saved from real danger. It was not a physical healing, but it had a very real physical and emotional consequence. Love and laughter have real effect on the body and the mind. I'd like to invite a professional to teach us about this. In this culture, we've become so fixated on productivity, success, advancement, wealth, things we see as a source of happiness. Like the nine, it may give us temporary pleasure, but in the end, it often leaves us empty, worn, stressed out. If instead, we can see what is invisible, the, the spiritual. If we can still be, be still and know that God is present and at work within and among us, if we can accept Christ's forgiveness and love as we are, and if we can learn to trust the companionship of the Holy Spirit, her guidance and fortitude, we will often find that we are saved from danger, distress. And yes, even death. I genuinely love being part of this spiritual community. This fact shapes the way that I live and work and relate to others. It isn't without stress, and I am human, but I thank God for you. And I'm grateful for the people here who serve prudently with compassion and mercy. God has made us in the image of the divine who loves, live out of that. Being born in the spirit means we can see and genuinely share that love together in spiritual community. It, it gives life. We can do the same things we do here and other places. We can eat in a restaurant. We can study in a school. We can get immediate gratification at the coffee shop down the street and all the fat and the sugar that goes into that cup and according to the barista people really enjoy that for a moment but in this place in this church our love of God and our care for each other and our service together in the world makes this a, a spiritual community that, that 
that just is qualitatively different than we get someplace else. We can't see that love. Only its consequences. But God has built that ability to love and that need for love into each person, each one of us. That's what it means for me to to be made in the image of God. Yes, I do thank my wife every meal we eat together. But I also thank God for the abundant universe that allows us to have 10 items in our salad and five on our oatmeal and eight in our smoothie. I'm also aware that God put us in charge of distributing the abundance fairly. That will keep me committed to this church. I pray that our neighbors will come. And when they do, they will know and trust God's love in and among us and experience the healing and saving grace and be grateful. They too may decide to join in that love and work with us to serve the world for a just distribution of the earth's abundance, for example. That is my prayer for us. Amen.